What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. I wanted a... I wanted to read something to you. If I could just get some some keys and some pads, Cam. Let me just get this reading real quick. I wanted to read it to you. You could just stay standing because I'm not the one speaking tonight, but God is anyway. He speaks anyway. Amen. So I just wanted to read this to you. First Kings chapter 19 says this. Go back. Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back and took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowed plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. And as I was reading this, all I could hear God tell me is, I'm making room. I'm making room. As long as you have a plan B and plan C, I can't fill you with everything I have for you. And so Elijah literally had to burn everything he depended on. His equipment, the oxen, everything. Because he had a glimpse of what God had for him in the future. It's that glimpse, that glimpse, that moment that you know that God is calling you to something greater and bigger. And there's moments where God is speaking to you and he is saying, burn what you think is supporting your life. Burn it, burn it, give it up. And I will make room. I will make room. burn it you don't need it and in fact I came to tell somebody you don't need it burn it you don't need it God will provide and he will do something exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever imagine can we give God a praise right there man it's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm so thankful for every person in this place. And as we welcome uh, somebody very special, um, she had a, a probably a year off break because there was something growing in her tummy, right? Um, and, and God is good because God gives us breaks and he gives us rest. And although she's been taking a rest from here, she hasn't been resting at, at home, and, and she's been still a mother and a wife. And and a minister of the of the word. Um, there's something that God has for his people through you, Pastor Brooke. And I want to let you know, standing here firmly, that your life is about to shift. You've been praying for this. You've been praying to God to show you new things and new levels. Get ready. Can you guys give... Brooke, a hand praise right here while she comes up. 
you, Pastor Israel. Well, I am truly honored to be here. <laughs> um, God is so good. Pastor was about to preach my sermon for me. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta quit talking for a second. <laughs> Thankfully, he used a different scripture, so we're fine. <laughs> um, but I, I am going to read a scripture with you guys real quick, and then we'll pray and get started. Um, I'm going to preface this just a little bit. We're in Exodus 35. If I weren't to preface it, we'd be reading a lot today. So in where we are here in Exodus 35, Moses was um, on the mountain talking to God trying to figure out what to do for this tent of meeting, right? And God is telling Moses exactly what to do, exactly what he needs, exactly how to build the tent of meeting, the church, the place where they can meet with Jesus, to meet with God himself, not Jesus yet. <laughs> um, so Moses comes back down and he's talking to the Israelites and he tells them, this is what the Lord commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, or bronze, bring it. He listed off every single thing that he needed. Gold, silver, bronze, this and that. You'll see it in just a second. All who were skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. And now here we are in verse 20. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ram skins dyed red, or the other durable leather brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord, and everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. Every skilled woman uh, spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen. And all the women who were willing had... Uh, and had the skill spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for, the, for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. The title for this message is, what do you have? And we're going to pray real quick. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your promises. I thank you that we get to be in your presence and hear from your word today. God, I ask that you would open up our minds and ears to understand what you have to say to us today. God, I ask your spirit would be here and that you would speak and that we wouldn't miss it. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, worship team. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, something popular that's going on right now 
that is, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. They call it influencers, right? <laughs> You're laughing. I, that's how I feel when people are like, oh, influencers. I'm like, oh, yeah. Everyone is all about the influencers, right? They want to they wanna watch their videos. They want to read their books. They want to share their posts. It's actually a dream job now. I have actually heard young people tell me, you know, it's my dream to like be an influencer and like have a YouTube channel and like post stuff and sell stuff on my social media and do all those things. And I'm like, part of me is thinking, y'all are crazy. Like, get a real job, please. <laughs> like, go to college or something. But then there's the other part of me that thinks, you know, there's such a passion for telling people about what they've got that I, if, they could just, if they could just plug that into Jesus, plug that into whatever God is doing, like we need influencers in the church, right? Like people that are willing to just talk about what they've got. And like, there's a part of me that's thinking you're crazy, go to college. Then the other part of me is thinking, all right, let, what can we do with that? What can we do with that desire? An influencer is simply a person who has the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. Usually, they have experienced or been affected by that cause or that thing. Some people are selling a product, some people are supporting a cause. And when you think about it, influencers have truthfully been around for a while. One popular one right now is like Mr. Beast, right? Do you guys know who that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so funny. He has the most creative way of just giving out money, just like throwing it out to everybody. And uh, other, other influencers we have, like the Kardashians and the Jenners and Rihanna, Beyonce, even going back a little further, Britney Spears, Mary-Kate and Ashley. A lot of these are like fashion people, music people. Uh, we've got Farrah Fawcett. You guys know that to this day, people bring a picture of Farrah Fawcett to me and say, oh, can you cut my hair like Farrah Fawcett? Like, I just want to have like the, you know, it's like, uh, what an influencer we've got. People like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, Michael Jackson, Elvis, William Shakespeare, Martin Luther, Freud, Newton, Einstein. We've got Mozart and Beethoven. We have influencers everywhere. But the greatest influencer of all, of course, you can even Google it. The greatest influencer is Jesus. And that's who we're talking about today. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have you guys turn to Mark chapter 6. And as we're going there, um, I want to share with you the difference between the four Gospels. I don't know how many of you guys know this, but each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all written the same general stories, but with a different perspective. Matthew is written to the Jews, presenting Jesus as the king of the Jews, the, the Messiah. Mark is written, presenting Jesus as the suffering servant, his love in action. Luke presents Jesus for uh, giving salvation for all kind, all people, Gentiles alike. And John presents Jesus as God. So we're going to read from Mark, but I'm going to take a little bit from uh, John as well. So, but you don't have to look at John. Um, Mark chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 30. 
It says, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that uh, Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped off, uh, stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they, uh, so they can go to the nearby farms and villages to find something to eat. But Jesus said to them, you feed them. With what, they asked. We've had, uh, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples uh, to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. When you look at the same story in John, you know, Mark is talking about love and action, showing Jesus' compassion for the people and, and feeding them and, and talking to the disciples and, and doing this mighty miracle of feeding so many people with just a little bit, right? But when you look at the same story in John, it says, when Jesus saw the huge crowd of people coming to look for him, turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And it says, he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replies, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? And we know that the Bible is true, right? And if he said it in John, it means the same thing in Mark. They just wrote it for a different perspective. So when you look back at Mark, he's saying... He says to them, you feed them. And he's testing them because he already knows what he's going to do. He says, what do you have? Go and find out. Because he already knows what he's going to do. The only time we take a test is when we're learning something, right? He was testing them because he wanted to teach them something. There was a point to what he was doing, and it wasn't just the miracle. The very next thing that we see happen here it, after this story is Peter walking on water with Jesus, right? And the, in, I believe it's in Mark. The next thing that you read, it says, after they get back onto the boat, Peter and Jesus get back onto the boat, it says, and the disciples were totally amazed because they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle with the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Jesus was trying to teach them something, 
And in Matthew 15, we see that they have the same exact miracle again, almost word for word. There's a, a group of people, about 4,000 men. They're coming and, and they're, they're sitting with Jesus and they're hearing him teach. And he says, hey, they're probably hungry. You guys feed them. And the disciples are like, with what? And he says, what do you have? Go and find out. And they bring what they have and they, God does the miracle, right? He was trying to teach them to bring what they had to Jesus and let God do the miracle. Thankfully, at some point, they got it. They finally understood that it's not about what they can provide. It's not about the money that they have. It's not about any effort that they can put in. It's about bringing what they have to Jesus. If they keep looking at themselves and what they're able to do, what kind of food they can provide, their ability to walk on water or not, they forget the whole point. Their focus is Jesus. At some point after all of this, Jesus goes and he dies on the cross, right? He goes, he suffers, and he dies, and he's put in the tomb, and he resurrects, and he's talking with them again. And then he goes back to heaven. During all of that time, all of his disciples abandon him. They don't uh, acknowledge that he's Jesus. They don't acknowledge that they even knew him. Peter himself denied him three times, right? But Jesus still spoke to them. And he said, I have something for you. After he died and resurrected, he says, I have something for you. So go and wait for it. So they go and they wait and they receive the Holy Spirit. And that brings us to Acts chapter 3. It says, Acts chapter 3, thank you, starting in verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man came from birth. Uh, a man, sorry, lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Peter searched himself. And he knew that he didn't have any money, but he found what he did have. The whole point that Jesus was trying to teach them in that moment was to search themselves and find what they had and just give it back to him. Peter was filled. Peter and John both were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit 
Jesus told them, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And that's what they did. And he knew that he didn't have anything else. All he had was the Holy Spirit. And that was more than enough. If he didn't understand the miracle of the feeding the 5,000, he would have never been able to experience this miracle of helping this man to come into the temple, to stand up, to be healed, to come into the temple. Jesus was testing them, was teaching them that they didn't have to be perfect. They didn't have to have everything put together. He was just asking them to be willing to give what they had. Because God knew that he, if he could teach his disciples to search within themselves to find what they had, and if they were willing to give it, he could trust them with even more, his very own spirit. Right before all of this, in Acts chapter 1, most of us know this scripture by heart. Jesus says, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You, you, his disciples, you, believers, you in this room, you were called to be witnesses. You were called to be an influencer. The disciples had experienced God himself, and they wanted everyone to know. And they were going to tell them with power and boldness and authority. And God wanted to make sure that that happened. So he taught them the lesson to search within themselves to find what they had. So I ask today, what do you have? What do you have to give? What is your offering? What is your skill? What has God given to you like he gave to the Israelites, like he gave to Peter, like he gave to Philip? Let me tell you, Andrew, it says Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, oh, but there's this young boy with the five barley loaves, right? If you look at Andrew's life, he is constantly bringing people to Jesus. He's like in the Bible five times, and all five of those times, he's taking someone and bringing them to Jesus. And Andrew brought his brother to Jesus. And Andrew brought this boy to Jesus. What do you have? Jesus is asking you, what do you have? Go and find out. Because you have the power of the living God inside of you. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, today is a really good day to do that. Influencers are not scared of what they have. They're not ashamed of what they have. Honestly, social media influencers nowadays are not scared of anything other than not being heard. 
They share everything that they have with such confidence. And as believers, our confidence comes in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you with this. God has called you to be an influencer. And I'm not saying you need to go make a YouTube channel, but God has called you to be an influencer, anointed you to be an influencer. I want to remind you of what an influencer is. I can't believe I deleted it from my notes here. An influencer is a person who has the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. God has anointed you to be an influencer, to have an effect on someone else, to have an effect on a ministry, to have an effect on a people group, to have an effect in your community. Nothing can take away that influence that God has given you. You haven't lost your influence because you're too young. You haven't lost your influence because you're too old. You haven't lost your influence on your spouse because they don't want to come to church with you. You haven't lost your influence because your child has left and goes to college now. You haven't lost your influence because your kid is in the terrible twos. You haven't lost your influence because they're your parent. You haven't lost your influence because they tell you that they don't want to hear you anymore. You haven't lost your influence because you're still breathing. And I know that that can be a scary place for some of us. Sometimes we think, but God, me? I haven't even read my Bible every day this week. Me? God says, even you. But God, they don't want to hear me. They're, they're telling me they're an atheist now. They don't want to hear this. God's saying, you still have an influence. They are still watching you. I'm still speaking through you. Whether you like it or not, you still have an influence. And the question is, how? what will your influence look like? How will you use that influence? God wants to empower you to be an influence in every area of your life. And maybe today you need to get on your face in humility. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ever since I had a kid, I just cry for anything. Like, <laughs> and my nose starts running. <sighs> God wants to empower you to be an influence. And maybe today you need to humble yourself and ask God to help you with your influence. The Holy Spirit God wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life. He doesn't care about anything from your past. He doesn't care about the bad decisions that you make right now. He still wants to empower you. He still wants to fill you. He still wants to change you. And when the Holy Spirit is stirred up inside of you, you can't help but seek him. You can't help but change. 
And if I can take this one step further, you are an influencer because you are a witness of Jesus. And because you are a witness, you are an advocate. An advocate is a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy, but an advocate also gives support to another person to help them express their views and wishes and to help them stand up for their rights. If you are a witness, if you are an influencer, then you are an advocate. The best influence we have is standing in the gap. That's what Jesus did. Above any miracle, above any earthly victory, above anything else that Jesus did, the most powerful thing that he did was die for you and me so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could know him. And if God himself is living on the inside of us, and his Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us, empowering us to be a witness, empowering us to be an influencer, then we can be an advocate. And why not take that gift and use it to bring people to Jesus? In the story we just read in Acts chapter 3, Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, that's when the miracle happened. The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up, stood up on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, then leaping, then praising God, and he went into the temple with them. The miracle of the loaves and the fish wasn't for the disciples. It was for the people. The people were hungry. The people were tired. The people didn't even know what they needed. Jesus said they were like sheep without a shepherd. And God wanted to empower his disciples to look within themselves to see what do I have? What can I give? to serve his people, to bring these people to Jesus, to give them what they need. You are an influencer. You are a witness. And you are an advocate. So I'm asking you today, and Jesus is asking you today, what do you have? What is your offering? What is your special gift? What is it that God has given to you to build his temple, to build his church, to build his people? Go and find out. I want to open up the altar, if that's all right with you, Pastor. <laughs> Maybe you're here asking yourself, what do I even have? I don't know what I have to give. I don't know what I have to offer anymore. Maybe you just want to be filled for the with the Holy Spirit for the first time. God, I just want more of you. I want to know what this is. 
I want to be empowered. Or maybe you have been filled and you want to just be filled again. You want to be empowered again to remind yourself of the power that Jesus wants for you. Or maybe you want to just stand in the gap for someone else. We want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Every one of us in this room is anointed. Every one of us in this room is called to influence something, someone. And so I want to ask you guys if you would stand with me. And if you are one of those people you're asking yourself, God, what do I have? And you need to search yourself to find out. I want to ask you to come so we can pray with you. If you're asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, I want you to come. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit again, I want you to come. If you're here to stand in the gap for someone else, just take that first step and saying, I'm gonna help this person. I'm gonna stand between this person and God. And I'm gonna call out for this person. I want you to come. The altar isn't the place for everybody else to look at you to see who came up. The altar is the place for us to humble ourselves before Jesus. It's the place where we set our offerings it's the place where we set our sacrifices. Let's pray. God. God, we thank you. thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that you empower us, that you call us, that you have a purpose for us. God, I thank you that we can do more than just what we can see ourselves doing. God, I thank you that you want us, you want me to be a part of what you're doing. You want me to be a part of the work that you're doing in someone else's life. God, take us there. Take us to that next level. Lord, fill us up with your spirit again. God, open.
open up every area of our lives, open up our eyes and our ears to know what we have. God, don't stop teaching us. Don't stop testing us. Because we want to know. We want to know you more. We want to know you deeper. And we want to bring people to Jesus. Fill us up with your spirit. And teach us how to pray again. Teach us how to extend our right hand. Thank you, God. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.